0: Everyone is interesting and Billy's going to talk to you About things that you like and things you don't like And things that you want to do Maybe you like carpentry and even if you like golf Maybe you like to sit in the bath and pretend it's a calf for a laugh To so go off and get your friends round You could bring your mom and dad sit on the settee with a cup of tea And listen to Billy's podcast
1: Hi, my name's Billy, and I believe everyone has an interesting perspective on what it's like to be a human on this planet. So I've decided to hand the reins over to some of the people I've met through the most unlikely situations and really explore what makes them tick, how they enjoy life and what they are dying for us to learn alongside them. Today I'm interviewing wonderfully inspiring artist Alfie Dwyer as we chew the card on his choice theme and delve into the vast ocean that is lucid dreaming, how this has totally transformed his life and how it can yours. If you end up intrigued by what Alfie has to say half as much as I am, then we've materialised a fairly thought-provoking episode of Everyone is Interesting. and I were at school together, weren't we? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah back in Priory in Lewis. Um, we weren't really in similar circles. It wasn't until it wasn't really until the Extinction Rebellion protests in London that we kind of got a lot more time to chat and hang out and reconnected.
1: Yeah, definitely. We, we mean you <laughs>
0: had a right <laughs> laugh, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. For some context, the uh, we were camped in the middle of the road. Uh, and the police, we kind of went out to protest on another area, perhaps Waterloo Bridge, um, came back to Trafalgar Square where our tents were supposed to be, and they'd all be piled up. Um, there's kind of the police, kind of about 30 of them, standing in a ring really proud around this kind of mountain of broken tents they're destroyed. Um, and you, you somehow yeah. managed to tell each individual police officer that, each tent was yours so that you, not so that you could loot from it but so that you could go through it take the stuff for whoever it was and leave it on the side and give it out to the correct people but you I, you just managed to convince about 30 different police officers that it was yours and they were they <laughs> it was <laughs> it was honestly an incredible moment and you would I remember you oh. like they would, they would open the, the tent and then they would say what's inside it and you would look inside and say oh there's a blanket in my bag but it just, it's just because you'd seen it after they'd opened it and then they'd be like oh you're right you're right I'll give it to you
1: yeah the, the thing is like which tent wouldn't have a blanket in it and a bag yeah. as well like you, you can be quite vague about it and every tent has the same stuff in it because everyone has, needs the same things so <laughs> it was quite easy to just flag it I, I think also to be honest the police are just I, I feel like they were very brutal about it all but i think they kind of just believed me quite easily um, but yeah that was a really that was a really heroic moment in my life and i was thinking this is what i need to be doing more of and like,
0: you know? no i'll never forget that, that was lovely yeah. <laughs> my
1: calling <laughs> i feel like if someone was to have filmed that There'd have been lots of really determined, very like angry, ugly faces from me, <laughs> you know, like really sweating, like, give me my stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Props to the people that were there yeah. for two, two weeks on end. That was pretty incredible. That takes some serious commitment.
1: I don't know how they did that. I, I think, how long were you there for like three or four days? I was exhausted. Yeah, I think
0: three days, I think perhaps, maybe four. Okay. It was a while ago now, October.
1: That last day when we were sitting in Trafalgar Square and there was that science person doing a science talk about CO2 and the police were coming around oh arresting people. It was like something from like a really scary film for me because we were all sitting on the road and the police would come up to you and give you, show you something on a piece of paper that said basically this is the law if you ignore this. Like if you read this and then ignore it, you're, yeah. you're committing an offence. But the best so the advice from the like extension rebellion people was don't take the piece of paper because then you're showing them that you've read it and that you're like listening and then ignoring them you just you just have to completely yeah, ignore surreal. the piece of paper and, and they were kind of coming around weren't they, they were like walking around mm-hmm. us coming getting closer and closer and then there was this they, they came up to somebody next to us and i thought it was you i think and i didn't <laughs> know what to do so i was like kind of, i just felt like oh god what can i do that's not Recognising that they're there, but it's helping in some way. So I'm not completely silent in this. It just—it felt so sinister. I, I felt like deeply, like this fear, like, oh my God, I'm going to get arrested. Because I have so many dreams about um, people ah. coming to get me. And like men, especially like a man, trapping me somewhere. And and I, I would kind of escape maybe. And then they would... Um, find me somehow very calmly often and calmly take me back to the place it's wow. very terrifying and scary and it it was really similar to the police presence at the protest
0: yeah that's why it was scary for you i guess it was kind of reliving that archetypical nightmare experience
1: yeah yeah exactly part of the reason why i was so excited to talk to you Alfie, actually was because we've talked about this a few times but i feel like we've never quite got to like the depths of it yeah um we haven't quite, quite had enough time um, so for me, this episode is kind of like my excuse to have some proper time on this
0: subject <laughs> from the expert. <laughs> oh man, I'm looking forward to it.
1: You've been you've been into lucid dreaming quite a long time, haven't you?
0: Yes, yeah. So i I've been doing it for over ten years now. Um, I found out from a National Geographic documentary uh, about lucid dreaming. Oh, no, about dreaming in general, and there was kind of a little five minute segment in that documentary about lucid dreaming and then that night Amazing. i was in bed and i had a i think i had a plaster on my knee um and i was i was asleep in my dream um and i was in my science class and i i suddenly had this i must have rolled over in my sleep or something because i suddenly had this pain in my knee but not in the dream knee it was in this kind of like outer knee and in that moment i suddenly realized that i was in a dream and my actual body had rolled over and caused the plaster to rip on my real knee um and caused me a little bit of pain and i was like oh god that's i'm I'm not me right now i'm in a lucid dream uh and i tried to conjure a bowl of skittles that was uh my my first ever lucid expedition absolutely wild uh and then ever since then i've kind of been on a mission to um keep the lucid train going i think it's absolutely amazing Lucid dreaming is essentially the phenomenon in which you're in a dream and you're conscious of the fact that you're in a dream. A lot of people naturally assume that lucid dreaming means you're in total control, um, but really lucidity is just the, uh, the sensation of awareness within a dream and realizing the fact that you're in a dream. Control does come a little bit later. It's slightly later on down in the process. Once you build up that general level of awareness, that's when you can start kind of controlling things, manipulating your environment, flying, etc. all the fun stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So interesting, and it sounds like there's just a whole world out there, and all kinds of people and a community, really, about all getting in, into lucid dreaming. Totally, totally. It's like when you get a dog, and every, all the, like everyone. Once you get a dog, you're in dog world, and everyone talks about their dogs <laughs> to each other and sends pictures, and it's like a whole different life, isn't it? <laughs> I bet because you have such an amazing experience of it, you would like really keen to get more people involved.
0: Totally. I, there's so many benefits of lucid dreaming. Um, that It would be hard to even list in this podcast mm. um, from kind of personal, spiritual. People say physical healing can be done through lucid dreaming. I'm not entirely sure about that, but potentially therapeutic, uh, the pure adventure of it. Um, there's so, so much that can be done that I I, mean, I almost think it should be taught in schools. I know some schools are adopting meditation practice, but who knows, maybe in twenty thirty 30 years, they'll be teaching kids a little one hour a week on lucid dreaming. Mm. That'd be my dream
1: amazing maybe you'll be the one to lead the way with that one
0: <laughs> quite possibly that'd be nice <laughs>
1: um so what is it about you then albie that is drawn to lucid
0: dreaming um I th- perhaps it's just a desire to explore what's out there and uh to- I-, I think a lot of people take um you know, everyday life and reality for granted um as being the only thing there is um and perhaps it is but i think me and i know a lot of other people have this little twang at the back of their mind that perhaps there is something else out there Um, and that is the kind of primal urge to explore that is what really draws me into it um so so one of the most incredible things you can do with lucid dreams of which there are many is overcoming a nightmare um so so for example say you have um i don't know like a recurring nightmare of this you know man that's coming to take you away etc um if you train up your uh lucid dream ability to the point where you can you're kind of regular somewhat lucidly often you will you'll become lucid because of um heightened emotion within a dream Uh, and then because you trained yourself that heightened emotion means um, lucidity which i can explain a bit more in the future um you'll become lucid the and then you can realize that you can rather than running away from this nightmare in this moment you can deal with it um but you could you could be lucid and just be like okay screw this i'm gonna wake up but then essentially you've just done exactly the same thing as a normal nightmare feels like you've still got that kind of subconscious knot or whatever that is um but if you're if you're lucid that you're then given the direct opportunity to communicate with your subconscious in a way that you really can't otherwise so you can go up to this nightmare which is this kind of representative of this you know subconscious knot or issue or or tension or whatever's going on and just look it in the face and give it love and give it respect and give it a hug and say you've got time for it um which is which is really really bizarre um i remember the first time it happened to me was about four years ago um and i had this kind of alien demon thing chasing me in a dream and it's absolutely terrifying suddenly realized it was a dream um and for the first time i was like i'm just going to walk up to this horrible terrifying thing still a little bit scary give it a massive hug um and as soon as i started giving it a hug and started giving it time it just kind of dissolved into this kind of gold and melted Uh, and i woke up in this feeling of total bliss it was the first time i'd ever woken up from a nightmare feeling incredible rather than that kind of sweaty panic Uh, and you know you, you flip and turn the light on and kind of sit there for a minute um it was just this feeling of um completion yeah it's really really nice
1: Incredible, and I'm so excited to hear more about that. Have you ever sat up in bed like in the film <laughs> with sweat on your head? And like, you've been like, <laughs> like Is that a real thing? <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know if I've done it with sweat. Um, but I've definitely sat, I definitely like jolted upright. Yeah, um, really, yeah, exactly. Like the films are just kind of funny,
1: it's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amazing. I love what you just said then. I'm I'm so I'm so excited to to try. I'm going to I really want to learn how to do that because it would be so good to be able to face that fear head on and really like I guess take control. It's mm-hmm. all about exactly. kind of taking control, right?
0: Um so so, so lucid yeah. dreaming. Um I think a lot of people confuse lucid dreaming with controlling the dreams. Um lucid dreaming doesn't necessarily mean controlling the dreams. Lucid dreaming essentially just means you're in a dream and then you realize the fact you're dreaming um and it's a spectrum it's not necessarily an on off switch if that makes sense you don't have like non-lucid dreams and totally lucid dreams you you, you might have you might have non-lucid dreams but you might also have slightly lucid dreams where you're kind of aware of the fact you're dreaming but you're not quite sure and then you might have very lucid dreams in which you're you know you're, you're in your dream and you're totally aware of the fact that everything around you is a creation of your own subconscious and that um, you 're actually asleep in bed in your location wherever you are, etc, and this is all created inside your own head um, so it 's a massive spectrum um, and you and each in each lucid yeah. dream you kind of quaver between them so like you might you might start off a lucid dream being not very lucid, you might run around telling the dream characters oh by the way guys we 're dreaming we 're dreaming we 're dreaming um, and then later on in the dream you suddenly realize, oh no, i'm dreaming they 're just characters within my dream um, but it's, a, but it's an incredible phenomenon. Um, have you ever experienced it?
1: I I feel like I'm definitely aware at points. I wouldn't say that I'm aware the whole time um, or that the awareness goes to the point where I like, talk about it. But there are definitely points where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't think this is real. Um, but I really like what you said about that, that the that, that, that lucid dreams aren't um, a controlling thing. That, uh, like It's not about exactly. controlling it. It's about being aware yeah. of it.
0: I think a lot of people think, "Oh, I haven't had a lucid dream because I haven't, you know, shot fireballs out my hands, flying through the sky, destroying cities, etc." I mean, you can do that if you if you want to practice, but but yeah, lucidity is essentially just awareness. Um, control is control is a really exciting factor to it when you can start to control and manipulate your subconscious to um, so, you know creating environments and flying, etc. Um, but but lucidity is just the awareness side of it.
1: How would you kind of facilitate or help somebody else who wants to, for example, face their nightmares like you were expecting? Sure.
0: Um, I, think, I think the first thing to do um, in terms of facing your, uh, facing your nightmares with lucid dreams, um, first, you really have to learn how to lucid dream. There are, there are many ways mm-hmm. to do that um but basically just building up that practice and becoming more and more aware of your dreams um is going to help enable those kind of practices so there are many different methods of lucid dreaming um there is and they've all got silly names the mild the wild which is a wake-induced lucid dream the filed which is the finger-induced lucid dream um which sounds kind of stupid um there's there's all kind of different practices that the, the most common one and the way i learned and the way most people learn nowadays is the mild um, and that is adopting a new set of behaviors that help you question reality on a daily basis it all sounds a little bit confusing to start with but i'll kind of break it down basically the idea is that how often when you're walking around in your day-to-day life do you question that you're dreaming probably not a lot and so the thoughts and feelings uh, you have while you're awake directly influence the thoughts and feelings you have when you're asleep. Um, so, for example, if you're kind of like a bit anxious in the daytime, you might have slightly anxious dreams as well. Or if you're don't know skiing in the daytime, you might be skiing in the nighttime, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so basically, you have to basically adopt this little set of practices, which I'll describe in a sec, um, which help you question reality. Um, while you're awake as much as you can um, so that then when you're in a dream because it's your habit in your daytime it will also become habit in your sleep time as well. So you'll be in a dream and then you'll do one of these questions. You'll suddenly question, am I dreaming? And you go, oh God, I'm in a dream. And then you can, you know, begin your first lucid adventure.
1: Oh, okay. So you're basically like adopting habits that you transfer into your
0: subconscious realm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so what, what these practices are, are known as the reality checks. So they're, they're just little, they're just little kind of daily rituals. Um, so the, 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 the most common one and the one I'd recommend the most. And I recommend you, um, when I go through these reality checks, maybe Billy, you and the listeners, um, you try these out in your environment around you. Um, so first off is count your fingers. So if you just look at your left palm yeah, and just, and just count your fingers and thumb and just go one, two, three, four, yeah. five, five, four, three, two, one, And yeah. you've got the correct number of fingers. Yeah. I'd recommend doing this many, many, many times throughout the day um and you are then you're really likely to do it in your dream as well and it sounds bonkers, but most likely in dreams, you won't have five fingers. Um, you, you won't really like when you're in a dream, you don't tend to be paying too much attention to the environment. But the environment is very fluid and dynamic um, and, little, and little details like the amount yeah. of fingers you have. Your brain just kind of tends to skip over. So often in a dream, the first time you look at your hand, you'll have 10 fingers on one hand or you'll have kind of a, a bizarre wonky finger sticking out of your palm um, or just just totally the wrong um. number and yeah this this one works with so much success it's really really weird um i've mentioned this to a lot of people and they've come back to me in a couple weeks and been like what the fuck i had two fingers on my hand why why is that
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's really really weird (laughs)
0: um looking at text is another one so if you can find some text around you um just like a word printed onto something or on your phone and then you look at the word Uh, and you read it and you kind of say the word in your head and then you look away so you can't see the word and then remember what the word was and then look back and is the word the same word if it's changed it's most likely you're in a dream another bizarre one is that it's very common in dreams, essentially, for text to change. It's really fluid and dynamic, as I mentioned, in dreams. Um, so the closer you look at text in a dream, the more kind of hieroglyphic forming they are um, and morphing and, and moving. And if you look at text when you're awake, it, 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 you know, it's perfectly still. It has to be still for it to be legible because um, obviously the glyphs are very specific in text, whereas yeah, in a dream it's moving around. Uh, text 99% of the time changes after you look away. So if you just look at text, look away and then look back at it and if it's the, still the same word you're probably not in a dream
1: I love how you say if, if it's the same word you're probably not in a dream as if like it's quite hard to tell between whether you're in a dream or not like it must is it that when you do lucid dreaming the more and more that it becomes so vivid when you're asleep do you get just does it become more yep. vivid when you yep, get exactly. more into lucid lucidity no, you're, you're already onto it The way you talk is so, the way you talk is so like, because I mean, for me, my dreams and reality are like, it feels really obvious that I'm not asleep right now. But, like, I mean, wow, how amazing it is to get into a place where you don't know quite, you know, yeah, it is, yeah, quite psychedelic, isn't it? It's
0: really weird. Um, but like, like, so for example, right now, you say you're sure that you're not dreaming. But if you if you if you keep that attitude up, that you're sure that you're not dreaming, when you're asleep and you're in your dream, you'll also be sure that you're not dreaming. So 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 right now, I, okay. I, I you really have to get into the head state where you're really genuinely questioning um, and doing, and the reality checks are what's yeah. going to tell you whether you're in a dream or not. Um, but but otherwise, there's not really a, any way you can know. And that sounds really peculiar to start with. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just all about developing this mindset that that reality and dreams are very similar and it's it's actually quite difficult to tell them apart um because if, if you if you kind of if you're sure that you're not going to know you're in a dream when you're in a dream um so all right now if you're sure that you're in reality when you're in a dream you're also just going to be sure that you're in reality when you're not of
1: course because it's just reflecting like you said earlier yeah, it's just exactly. reflecting your headspace exactly. that day yeah I love that though. It's so cool to think that you could start questioning reality now yeah, in yeah. the daytime when you're awake to the, but you're not sure. And it, I mean, it must really open some doors for you in terms of like just the way you think about mm-hmm. the world totally. when you're awake. Totally. Well. No,
0: it, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. Um, uh, I, like I wake up with such a glowing feeling often after having lucid dreams and, and sometimes just walking around reality, um, just knowing that this isn't it and knowing that there is another place that I can go in the nighttime and go and explore and walk through walls and you know enter kind of dream palaces and all the kind of bizarre and wonderful explorations you can do to kind of become a point of light floating through space become a different person etc um it's it's a really comforting feeling knowing knowing sometimes also when you're having a bit of a bad day you can go oh it's okay i can kind of become a lion tonight or something
1: yeah (laughs) wow it definitely yeah i guess it expands your expands your ability to enjoy life um do you think that? Do you think it's really enhanced your life? Then has it really has it kind of changed quite significantly for you? Your perspective on the world. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, I would, I would definitely agree that. I, I think I look at things very differently. Um, for me, like the, the biggest aspect for me is creativity. Um, so obviously I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I'm an artist, a um, visual artist, and lucidity is incredible for creativity. Um, so, for example, if you're um. If you're an artist listening or a musician or a creative of any sort, um, you'll know that as you're walking around in your day-to-day life, you kind of pick up little bits of inspiration here and there. Um, But it's often hard to kind of piece them together um because there's just some kind of blockage with your conscious brain just trying to get those little pieces of subconscious inspiration together into one piece but one of the most amazing things about lucid dreaming is you're in this just totally flowing subconscious state um, which is perfect for creativity so you can be in a lucid dream and then you can say around the corner is going to be my gallery and then inside my gallery is going to be all my artwork that i haven't created yet and you can walk into it and there can be paintings or films or poetry um or whatever it is you make inside this gallery that is just all all of your ideas that you are thinking throughout the day all the things you love just pieced together into these just well formed thought out pieces um and you wake up in the morning and write them down in your dream journal etc and um, it feels like cheating it feels like well i didn't make that like you feel like you're um, plagiarizing someone else's work but it was it it was your own
1: that's absolutely incredible to realise that you can get all your ideas and to like that all of your creative inspiration is within, like of course we all know that, but to really see it in a dream
0: and to be able it's to do that, and, oh my it, god, it, that it, blows it, it really, my mind. Yeah, and, <laughs> kind of stupid, but um, funny. Like uh, another story to do with that is, um, I got I got massively into Snoop Dogg when I was like. 18 um to, to the point where I'd, I was pretty sure I'd listened yeah. to every single Snoop Dogg song that existed every album every track I just had it down I, and in my I was in a lucid dream once and I was like yeah. oh, I really want to listen to a Snoop Dogg track so I like got out a cd player and I put on a Snoop Dogg track and it was like an unreleased Snoop Dogg track that didn't exist and it was perfect it was a, I can't freestyle rap like in, when I'm awake okay. I have no ability to freestyle rap like I've hardly tried it, but in my dream, I just heard this perfect Snoop Dogg rap, and I <laughs> and it had rhyme, it had rhythm, it had flow, <laughs> the perfect beat. It was incredible. And I woke up and I was like, I can't even rap. How did how did my oh, my brain oh, when I was in my sleep just come up with a perfect freestyle? Um, which which kind of shows the power of your subconscious brain. Insane. Like it, it can do a lot more than you can think.
1: Yeah, it kind of does. It does take me back to like kind of. The, the afterglow of psychedelic experiences, um, with with like psychedelic drugs, and like that sort of sense of, art, like for many months afterwards, feeling like you've accessed a whole new kind of creative mm-hmm. like room almost. It's like a whole whole another level where you see things in such a different way, and everything is the same thing, and also itself, and you know, like and I, I I've definitely felt very incredibly hyper creative in those periods. Afterwards, and I, I wonder if that—I guess it is the same, isn't it? Because it's just about accessing this subconscious realm. I love that. I hadn't connected lucid dreaming with our creative capacity before. That really makes me want to do totally. it.
0: Yeah, when I say creativity as well, it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily need to be like paints and pens, etc. Like um, I have a friend who's into coding, um, so really c- computer-based. And often you think kind of dreams and technology aren't the kind of things which are going to uh, be too compatible um but he he says that he like he'll be kind of you know coding on his computer and he can't he just can't quite get the, you know can't quite get it right uh, and then he'll fall asleep and in his lucid dream he will the dream he'll try the code and he'll be able to work out the perfect solution for it hit it hit enter whatever the code runs smoothly perfectly um wake up in the morning and he says nine times out of ten his dr- in his dream he got it right and it will just start it will just work perfectly
1: um it's like we know more we we know more than we think we know and like we have
0: like the answers. Definitely, yeah. There was a German chemist who discovered the chemical structure of benzene in in a lucid dream, um, because he dreamt of the ouroboros which is the ancient alchemical symbol of the snake eating its own tail. And he woke up and was like, That's it, the chemical structure is a perfect circle. Um so I think the there's a there's a lot of power in the subconscious that is kind of just waiting there um to be explored. And lucid dreams is the kind of perfect gate to go and actually have genuine interaction with your subconscious almost talking to your subconscious like it's another person it's pretty cool
1: wow i just got tingles (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool oh my god that's so interesting you mentioned you're an artist and a lot of your work that you do um is around
0: uh, is on computer isn't it and it's like animation based stuff right Literally, it's like, like, as mentioned before, kind of going to a dream gallery and then inside the gallery, I'll kind of see work and then I'll um, wake up in the morning, record it and write it. Um, but also just um, not quite as literary, just like the, the ability to, to play with space, I find really fun. So for example, when you're in a lucid dream, um, one of the first things you learn is teleportation. Um, and that is, so, um, and so for example, you're in, in a giant field uh, in, in your dream or a city and you're on one side and then the first thing you can try and do is, you know, run over there or fly over there. Um, but o- after a while of flying and running, et cetera, um, you start to realize that actually there's no need to run from point A to point B or fly to point A to point B because the entire dream is inside your head. Um, space doesn't necessarily exist. So you, over there is, is the same as right here. Does that makes sense, point A is point B, and point B is point A because it's all inside your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you, so you don't need to traverse the space. So, you can once once you realise that you can be in the lucid dream. There are still little mental triggers you need to do. So, you might spin in a circle, and then suddenly you can be at the next point. Um, so, so the idea that, that dream doesn't, the, the idea that space doesn't exist, um, it's really exciting for my arts practice, and that's something I explore a lot in my video work. Is this um, kind of meddling with space?
1: Nice,
0: yeah. So if anyone wants to learn more, I bought a book by Stephen Laberge, who was one of the, uh, researchers who first kind of proved lucid dreaming existed in the scientific world in the 1970s. Um, and I, he has a really good book called a beginner's guide to lucid dreaming, um, but i mean you don't necessarily those yep. books are really good but if you still just want to play like play with it um rather before committing to buying a book or something there's a, there's a really good reddit so a, if you just search reddit i think slash r slash lucid dreaming or if you just search lucid dreaming reddit into google that should come up um, and that's a really nice community of lots of people trying it um, and talking about their techniques yeah. and how they're doing it um Um, as as a general rule to kind of get into lucid dreaming, if you're interested, is is really to just start paying more attention to your dreams and to start a dream journal and just wake up and spend, you know, ideally 10, 15 minutes. But if if you don't have that time, just, you know, a minute, two, three, four, five, um, just waking up, staying still if you can. Um, and just thinking back over the night's dreams and just kind of reminding yourself where you were rather than waking up, starting a day in a rush, um, it's, it's it's a good way yeah it's just good to kind of um yeah, re-familiarize totally. re- yourself with your dreams um and especially writing them down as once you write them down you'll start to notice little patterns uh and you'll start to notice certain people that pop up in your dreams a lot and you'll start to notice certain places that pop up in your dreams or emotions or feelings um and then from that you um, use that actually to your benefit to help you have more lucid dreams if you, if you realize you're dreaming of I don't know, mm-hmm. your know, crush a lot, um, which is, you know, likely, um, you can then use that as a trigger so that every time you <laughs> think about your crush or every time you see your crush, do a reality check, count your fingers. And so and because I'm, you know, every time I see my crush, I'm counting my fingers. Mm-hmm. Therefore in my dream, I'm likely to see my crush. So I see my crush and I'll count my fingers because it's habit and I'll have like, you know, 10 fingers and I'll be like, Oh, I'm dreaming. Cool. And then, you know, fly or teleport or do whatever you want.
1: I love this idea that you, your habits reflect reflecting your dreams. So you mentioned seeing your crush in dreams. I'm just wondering, is it possible to actually meet up with
0: people in dreams? I've met a really nice um, few lucid dreaming friends in Bristol at the moment. Um, so I've got, I've got my own little lucid dreaming community here, which is lovely, um, which is something I'd recommend to, to listeners as well. If you're interested in getting into it, oh, cool. chat with your friends and see if anyone else is interested. Um, it's really nice to kind of have that progress going together and chat with others and um you know you can share experiences with each other and if you can't find anyone close by that's interested there is that community online as well so you mentioned seeing your crush in dreams i'm just wondering is it possible to actually meet up with people in dreams Often I will have kind of lucid dreams in which I'm aware of the fact that I'm dreaming, but I think everyone else is dreaming. So I'll I'll kind of run over to my friends and be like, "Oh, guys, we're all like we're dreaming," and it'll be my lucid dreaming friends, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's amazing. We've all met up in our lucid dreams and we'll fly around." And then I often do like we'll message the next day and say like, "Hey, you didn't happen to be lucid dreaming last night, were well, you?" And know, they're like, "No,
1: oh. <laughs> I don't
0: know." Kind of the more I know, the more I realise the less I know. Does that make sense? I had like three sixty vision in a lucid dream as well um and and some other slightly kind of otherworldly things that I think um, are starting to make me question whether um, lucidity is as straightforward as it seems to be I, I think I think there's a lot of well there is definitely a lot of exploration to be done there um so who knows maybe people can leave me up in dreams i don't know people 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 claim to do it um, it's more the kind of astral projection side uh, that that people talk about it. Um, but I, yeah, I've, I've ne- never experienced it myself.
1: What's that astral projection?
0: <laughs> astral projection is the sensation of leaving your body, uh, so if, if having some kind of feeling of separation from your physical body by using uh, your astral body, whatever that is, uh, and you know, exploring the outer universe, the astral plane, etc. And people claim to be able to meet other people um, through doing this technique. Um, I've had, I've had slight experience with it, which has been kind of really, really, really bonkers. Um, I think astral projection, uh, tends to get slightly negative connotations as just being hippie bullshit. um, <laughs> uh and i think i think i think people who say 100% with um, huh. sincerity that astral projection is real and they are meeting other people i think i think it's best to take everything with a pinch of salt i'm not don't necessarily agree with people who are saying it's 100% real uh but i've had similar experiences with out of body experiences mm-hmm. um which is perhaps just another word for astral projection um which is one type of lucid dream that is triggered by sleep paralysis. So in sleep paralysis, it's commonly known for you know people having scary experiences demons, etc. But you can also use that experience to your advantage. Um, one of them is just you know deep breathing. You have really blissful experiences from sleep paralysis. Um, but the other one, yeah, is this out of body experience in which you imagine yourself uh, drifting and detaching from your body. Uh, and kind of because you're in this hallucinatory dream state as you imagine yourself doing it you do find yourself genuinely having the sensation that you are leaving your body and it's not just it's not just inside it's it it probably is just inside your head but it it doesn't feel it's not just like you're imagining in your mind's eye it's like genuinely as real as you feel now there's two of you in the room and one of you's in the bed and the other one is kind of here, very physical, very tactile, but at the same time can pass through walls. It's, it's a pretty cool experience. Do you ever
1: find that a bit scary?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think I'm quite comfortable with it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy living in the balance of never being sure. Um, I kind of get slightly energised off of that. Even though I say never really being sure, I think at the back of my mind... I know that this is reality it's just you just have to use a lot of your mental functioning to question each time um but i think perhaps if it's something people are people are a little bit uncomfortable about their their ideas of reality it's something they want to get slowly into you're right because i can see someone perhaps you know perhaps being distressed by that experience
1: just the fact that you know the whole thing of like when people think about death that's quite scary it's like the thing of the unknown isn't it and like when people don't understand things they get kind of a bit scared by it the uncertainty of the reality of it all it's a bit
0: spooky yeah so that that's really interesting
1: it's sort of like inception like what is real? like you kind of I guess when, when certain people take loads and loads of drugs like too many over a long period and they start not knowing yeah. what's real and what isn't—that's quite a dark side of the the coin, isn't it? Where like you don't know what what is real, what you can hold on to is like reality. So I guess and I guess we're explaining the light side of the coin, like the potential of it, what it can give you, what it can offer.
0: Like I, I see the I see the comparison there between like you know overdoses on psychedelic drugs and not overdoses is the wrong word, but like too much exposure to it. Um, with the similarity between that and the questioning of reality of lucid dreaming, um, I, I feel like with lucid dreaming you could never go that far um i i don't think it's, it's going to make you question reality but when you wake up in the morning you're going to be in reality like it, it's it, i don't think it can really have that strong of a um right. effect on your mental health that that, that psychedelics perhaps sometimes can
1: yeah so you can't convince yourself genuinely that things aren't maybe not real. Like we talk about how you need to check reality, like do reality checks and like question, genuinely question, but like like what's real, what isn't. But if you actually did start really, truly believing today, right now, this is a dream. For sure. And it probably would get into that place of kind of
0: like, slightly like, maybe. You're right. You like, you are questioning reality, but it's, it's not, and you, it, is, it is good to kind of adopt the mindset that you're not quite sure whether you know or not, but perhaps being like, perhaps you do always need to have that little um, pinch of salt in the back of your mind that, that makes you realize that you kind of go like, okay, I'm doing this to learn lucid dreaming. I'm not, I'm not genuinely absolutely unsure.
1: Yeah. There's like a kind of awareness continually throughout that's quite like stable. I like what you said about like you can't really go that far to the point Mm. where it's like having a negative impact on your mental state and health and i don't know i think i think it's really really nice to know that there's way more to it all and there's so much more to learn around this stuff
0: it's mad yeah when i mentioned the reality checks then of counting your fingers (laughs) and looking at text they are just two of the reality checks there are plenty more like it's probably best if you just have a little google there or they're like all over the internet and in books etc um there's just there's just a list of about 10 i'd say about 10 practices um they're just really simple little you know 20 second checks that you can do in the daytime um so so yeah a a good grasp of the reality checks is really important um starting a dream journal is really important uh and also setting intentions um so a really nice thing to do before bed and before sleep Um, is just spend a minute uh, as you're falling asleep or just a minute before you're about to go to bed, just kind of close your eyes and go over in your head and just say, tonight I'd like to become lucid or tonight I'd like to be aware of the fact I'm dreaming. And it helps, visualization helps as well. As you're in bed, if you imagine yourself going to count your fingers and becoming lucid, so maybe close your eyes before you sleep and just kind of in your mind's eye, picture yourself, you know, just going and looking at your hand and counting your fingers, do that a bunch of times before you sleep. with You know, whilst, whilst kind of repeating a mantra, of, right. you know, tonight I'd like to lucid dream, or tonight I'd like to be aware of the fact I'm dreaming. Tonight I'd like to fly in my dreams, etc. That's shown to help massively as well. And uh, so I got a little wrist, a hand, uh, which is obviously, as mentioned, the reality check of counting your fingers, tattooed onto my wrist. Uh, so that every time I see it, it reminds me to stay on the path and to count my fingers. Uh, so every time I see this tattoo, I'll count my fingers. You don't necessarily have to be as hardcore as me and get a tattoo. You could draw a little dot on your wrist or draw a little LD for lucid dream on your hand. And every time you see that, you, it can be a mental trigger to remind you to reality check.
1: I literally just write LD on my hand.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I saw a study recently. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like 10% of, I think it was Americans the study was done in. 10% of adult Americans have said they had a lucid dream in their life. And that's not people that were trying it. Uh, so, and that that's just by chance. So it proves that it, eight, eight, you know, ten percent doesn't sound a lot, but that's just people who weren't trying. Imagine what it's like for people who are trying. Um, it's some people might get in their first day. Like I get a lot of people who I have spoke, meant spoken yeah. to about, and will come back literally the next day and be like, oh, "What the hell? I had a lucid dream." It's quite common for like first day, first week. Um, as long as you keep at it and yeah, just keep keep up a dream journal, it's really possible. Um, it's easiest for children, apparently. You know, kids have more neuroplasticity. It's just quicker for them to pick things up, like languages and learn them, etc. Um, so they're kind of constantly in that creative subconscious space, so it's just easier for them to recognize it in their sleep.
1: Yeah, they're accessing that kind of... They're like, they're, I don't know, there's lots of stuff about kids who trust them, their own creative ability a lot more than adults. They just do something. They don't necessarily question it as much and uh, and it's sort of accessing that yeah as that subconscious place that i think a lot more easily you know like creative play and like kids doing um playing characters. games <laughs> um
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've always fought for like lucid dream lessons in schools
1: how cool would that be oh my god
0: i think it'd be Alphys. amazing
1: all right um, Alfie, thank you so much do you have any lasting points you want to get across to our listeners before we wrap up
0: i think one thing i'll just say that um sometimes yeah. people are put off the idea of lucid dreaming because yeah. they don't want to they they like their dreams as they are um and one thing i'll just clarify with that is that if you like if you learn lucid dreaming it, you're not going to become it's not just like click your fingers and you're going to be lucid every single night um you're like it, it's like it's, it's like oh, as an analogy of going to a gym it's like you go to a gym once you're not gonna you know you don't want to be like ah. Oh, don't want to get too muscly like i don't want to get too ripped by going to the gym once like it's the same with lucid dreaming like (laughs) the same with lucid dreaming like it's a thing that takes a lot of time so if you ever decide you don't like it You can just kind of stop, and they'll just they'll stop your practice, and they'll just kind of fade out. And also, when you're in your lucid dreams, it's still that kind of. It's not just like you're there and in total control of everything, and having to consciously create every mountain around you. Um, It's still like a subconscious playground where things are unpredictable and things are um, happening without you deciding them. So it's it's still really exciting. If if anyone ever wants to find out more about it, feel free to send me a message um, on my Instagram. I guess my Instagram is zezima. Yeah, and I'd, yeah, I'd encourage anyone to send me a message who wants to learn a bit about lucid dreaming. Mean, I love encouraging yeah. people and chatting to people about That's it. So, yeah, it's my, one of my favourite things.
1: I'll put that in the bio as well so people can access that really quickly and easily. Oh, thank you so much, Alfie, for coming on the podcast and opening doors to this amazing world.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, and yeah, it's really nice. Like, you, made me, you made me question certain aspects of it and really look at different bits of it in ways I hadn't seen before. So thank you so much as well. For chat taking time to chat to me
1: oh well have a lovely rest of your day Alfie you've been so great
0: thank you very much you too Bill see you soon
1: bye bye this podcast was produced by me Billy Elliot Turner thank you to my fab friend and illustrator Yoli Ward Streeter for the cover logo and my other fab friend Stephen Emerson for the delightful theme music and thank you to Alfie Dwyer who brought us this week's theme
0: Talk yeah, to me. definitely. Talk to me. I'm good, thank you. I'm, um, <laughs> Talk to <all> right. me. <laughs> <laughs> phone, jack, phone jacker or something? You know? I,
1: I think so. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like, Terry Tibbs, talk to me. I, like, I, don't, I don't think I have even watched it. I think I just kind of, one of those things you hear in the playground. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>